Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Asban, here with my friend and Chavruta, Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Yuma, daf tet, page nine. The Gemara here has an interesting discussion comparing the different Bate Migdashot, or actually starting from the Mishkan itself. Um, and it begins as follows. I'm a Rabbi Barachana, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Barachana says, uh, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, my dichtiv, yurat Hashem tosiv, Yamim Ushnot Yushaim Tik So he's quoting a Pasuk here from Mishle that says, The fear of Hashem prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Yurat Hashem Tosif Yamim, Zemigdash Rishon, Shamad Arba Meot Ve'esar Shanim. So that first clause of that Pasuk refers to the first Beit Zemigdash that stood for 410 years. Veloshim Shumbo Elashmona Asar Koanim Gdolim. And during that period of time of 410 years, there were only 18 uh, Kohen Gadols, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. Ushnat Rishayim Tik Sorena, right? And the, but the second half of this Pasuk, that the years of the wicked will be shortened, Zemigdash Sheni. This is the second Beit HaMikdash. She'amad Arba Meot Ve'esrim 420 years, right? So 10 years longer than the first one. And there were more than 300 Kohen Gadols. Um, so take away from this 420 years, 40 years, which we say is how long Shimon HaTzadik was there. We talked about him um, sometime during Masachat Shkalim, right? That he is, if you look at Perkei Avos, uh, Mishnah Bet, Perk Alv Mishnah Bet, he's Misha'arei, uh, he was a Kohen Gadol and, uh, you know, he lived for 40 years. And then 80 years that Yochanan was the Kohen Gadol. And then there were 10 years for Yishmael Ben Piavi, right? So all together, um, right? So that so far, that's 40, 80, that's 120. Another 10 is... Uh, um, is uh, 130. Right? And then some say there was 11 years for Rabbi Elezer ben Charsom. So that would be in total 141 years. So in other words, these were four particular Kohanim during Bayit Sheni who lived a very long period of time and presumably it's that they're righteous. So again, we mentioned this yesterday, right? This idea that there was sort of a Kohen Gadol every year was it that they died or was that they just sort of bought the honor and then that was given every year? This seems to apply that there was really, not imply, it's saying it <laughs> straight out, that there was a lot of death with these Kohen Gadals. And then it says, And so then go ahead and calculate from this point forward, right, that there were, the remaining Kohen Gadals did not complete even one year in office. So that's why even though the period of Bayit Shani is bigger, right, is longer, there still were many, many more um, Kohanim, right? We're saying that there were over, there were over 300 um, Kohen Gadol, only four that we can list who may have served for a prolonged period of time. And so it shows us that really these Kohen Gadol were not worthy and they would pretty much, uh, die, you know, die pretty quickly. Then the Gemara goes on to talk about what the actual sins, uh, you know, what, what the sins were that had the Mishkan and Shiloh. 
by reshone and by Cheney's uh, destroyed. And this is actually, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's a pretty um, uh, famous uh, Gemara here, right? So it says, Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Torta, so the Mishkan, right? That's initially uh, when the Mishkan came that was built in the Midbar was brought to Eretz Yisrael with Yehoshua. It went to Shiloh. Um, and that's where Eli, the story of Hannah takes place. Um, and so that was initially destroyed. And why was that destroyed? Um, and so we say here it's because of Giluia, right? Of, you know, forbidden sexual relations. And also that the Kachim were not treated, the, the Korbanists were not treated correctly. And so they quote here the examples of this from Shmuel Aleph of how we know this. It's interesting to say that they don't say that it was really that Ailey's sons committed Giluya riot with women, but rather that they delayed them bringing the appropriate Korbanists that they needed to bring so that they could go back home and be with their husbands. So it was like they did Giluya riots with them. So that is uh, the Mishkan. Mikdash, we show me Pene Macharab. Later, I'm skipping down a little bit, right? The first Beit Mikdash, why was it destroyed? Mipene Shoshad Zavarim Shahayubo, Avodaza Rab, Gilui Ariota Shvichudamim, right? So the, that was destroyed because of idol worship, forbidden sexual relations, and also bloodshed. And then again, it quotes Sukim uh, to prove that, right? These are all from Nevi'im that they basically uh, prove that. About Mikdash Cheney Shayu Oskim Betorah. And this I found interesting. So basically what they're saying is, is that we know that the time period of Bayit Cheney was actually better. We know that they were more engaged in Torah, that there were mitzvot, there was gemilut chasadim. I just want to point out how gemilut chasadim, that kindness, is sort of put on, is put on equal playing fields as Torah and mitzvot. And this should remind you of the, you know, what we see in Perkei Avos of the Ashloshad of Arim HaOlam made. Um, uh, you know, why was it destroyed? And so on the one hand, we're saying, we just reflected back and said, oh, there were many more Kohen Gadols during Bayit Shani. But at the same time, we're saying, but overall, it was a much more committed period for the Jewish people. And so what's the answer? Why was it? Uh, because of hatred between people. Now, again, we'll get to eventually that famous Gemara about Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Right, which we sort of use as the quintessential example of hatred between people. They don't give an example of it, but they just mention Sinat Chinam here. And so it says that sort of this reckless, wanton hatred of people towards each other, it's as equal, it's as bad as the three sins of idol worship, forbidden sexual relations, and um, bloodshed. Um, and then the Gemara wants to go on to say, no, but maybe there was even Sinat Chinam um, during uh, the first temple um, as well. Um, and, uh, you know, so they talk about so they talk about that as well. Um, but then it concludes as saying, no, that was only the Nisi'e Yisrael. It was only sort of the leaders, the princes. It wasn't actually the people. And so there's something paradoxical about this part of the Gemara. Because you would think that if the Kohen Gadols were not good, that each of them were not living out, so there were so many of them, and they didn't live out their full year, that means the spiritual leadership wasn't good. But yet at the same time, it wants to say that there was much more of a commitment to Torah, Mitzvot, and Gemilut Chasadim, but there was this Sinat Chinam. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm not quite sure where to, po where to put 
you know, this generation of Bayit Shani, and I know you're going to talk about that a little bit more because the Gemari thing does go on to talk about this. But again, the the, the information about the Kohen Gadol and then why the the Mishkan and, and the two Batei Migdashod were destroyed, there just seemed to be something a little bit contradictory in there. Um, I think perhaps I would phrase it less as what did you say? Spiritual leadership, religious leadership. I think there's something here about ritual leadership, right? That the activity in the Beit HaMikdash was, let's say, down, right? Even if other, if people were doing, you know, acts of kindness. I, I don't know. I think your question is a good one. I think that the details, um, you know, listen, we've got some sweeping generalizations here. I think it can be a little bit tricky to understand exactly, you know, <laughs> the story of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, as you've mentioned, and what we'll get to, it's one story, and yet it becomes the representative of, of how everybody behaved, right? Which is, you know, even that story suggests that not everybody behaved in the reprehensible way that it, I don't want to give it all away. We'll have to wait till we get there. I'm going to move on. Um, but what I find interesting about this stuff is this discussion of, we've got Bayat Rishon on the one hand, and then we've got Bayat Shani on the other. And the Gemara is doing the comparison for us, right? Theoretically, we could say, oh, we'll figure out the, you know, what were the strengths and the weaknesses and why was it destroyed for Bayat Rishon and the same for Bayat Shani because we'll just, you know, look through the Gemara and find it. But the Gemara itself does the talking for us. It does that comparison. And the and it characterizes exactly this kind of, the nature of the sins that brought down the Bate Mikdashot. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Elazar, I'm on, I'm a bet. Um, they both said, Basically, it says, the sin of the, the sins, rather, of the first Beit HaMikdash that brought down the Beit HaMikdash, they were exposed, they were, they were revealed. Right, we know what they were. They were these big, what I call the big three, right? Everybody knew that this was, you know, bad comportment type of thing. Everybody knew that this was a problem. And lo and behold, the the time of exile was fairly brief, and the end of it was, you know, was known. It was revealed. Um, but then with the second Beit Hamikdash, where the sin was not exposed, meaning everybody tried to pretend that they were doing really good things even though they maybe were not so much. And there, the end of the punishment is not exposed, and we're still in it today, right? We don't have a third bit of Mikdash. We don't have the end of the exile that came about when people were, you know, I mean, this, maybe this is an answer for you as well, Yardina, that people were presenting themselves as doing better than they really were. But I think that's also the nature a little bit. If you're thinking about what they're characterized by, like, you can't really hide doing idol worship, forbidden sexual relations. I mean, maybe that you can hide and killing people, you know, where it's like, we all know how hidden that could be. You secretly whisper something. You're bad to somebody behind their back. Like, I think the nature of those sins, one is very public and brazen, right? The Bayat Rishon ones and you know, it has a quality to it that can be sort of like this, you know, secretly corrosive. Yes, yes. So the Gemara here continues, and I think it makes exactly that point. There's a discussion here between Rav Yochanan and Rish Lakish. You know, we keep promising them uh, who's who, and Rav Yochanan and Rish Lakish, today is not that day either. But here they are in conversation with each other together, 
And Rabbi Yochanan says basically that the fingernails, the fingernails of the former are preferable to the belly of the latter, meaning of the second, meaning the the littlest thing from that revealed the revealed chait is, you know, a better, more clear thing, perhaps, than the belly, the soft, the soft underbelly of the sneaky generation. In any case, Reish Lakish then, of course, says no, he, he disagrees. He thinks it's the other way around, right? And he gets involved in a discussion of Torah study and the value of, you know, <laughs> I'm going to read it inside just because I think that it's a, a clever line. So what happens? Um, Reish Lakish says, Amir le Reish Lakish, Ad Rabba Achronim Adife, Av Agav de Ikeshi Abud Machayot, they were big Torah learners. And somehow that seems to outweigh, um, you know, the fact that there was a problem in the way they were, you know, conducting themselves. And so Rabbi Yochanan says, what are you talking about? And Rabbi Yochanan often has the upper hand in his conversations or debates with Rish Lakish. He says, you know, the very fact of the Beit HaMikdash is going to prove that the, that the, former that the sins of the former population were better meaning not as bad because in fact we get a second beta mcdash as opposed to the second beta mcdash where we don't get a third beta mcdash in its destruction so this was on their minds right meaning the fact that there was a bite rishon and a bite shani and not a bite shlishi in their day meaning in their day two thousand years ago i feel bad if they'd only known what was coming they would have been that much more depressed right so I want to just take this jump down to Reish Lakish because Reish Lakish here, here demonstrates, first of all, a lot of personality, but also it, it gives us perhaps a mindset of this, uh, the phenomenon of how they wanted to buy it shlishi. They wanted this third Beit HaMikdash and it wasn't happening. Reish Lakish, have a Yardena. Yardena, you're here. I'm here. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> Rachel Lakish went swimming in the Jordan River. There you go. Yardena. In it's Aramaic. It's with an Aleph, not a Hey. Um, Rachel Lakish went swimming in the Jordan River. And Rabbi Barchana comes along. And Rabbi Barchana is the same guy who was there at the beginning of the Daf, Yardena, where you quoted him. Right? He comes along and he helps him out of the river. Rachel Lakish says, now, the man has just helped him out of the river, come up the banks of the river. It must have been slippery, whatever. He gives him a hand. He helps him out. And Rish Lucky says, oh, I hate you. I hate you Babylonians, right? Because that's where Rabbi Barbakan is coming from. Um, because why? Meaning, and the Gemara goes on to explain that not enough of them had made Aliyah, had come back to Israel in the Shivat Zion when after the Babylonian exile, Jews came back with Ezra and Nehemiah, but not all of them. Plenty of them were you know, perfectly happy, settled in Bavel, and they did not come back. And I wonder, to me, it reads, you know, for all of this, that um, Rish Lakish is concerned about which, you know, he wants to say that the, the current generation that he is in is the better generation, right, as compared to the that during which the first Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. He wants to say that the generation for which, during which the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed was not as bad, Right, because of all the Torah that's being learned, and I feel like he's like, and if only they'd all made Aliyah in that time from from Babylonia, then maybe we would already have a Bayit Shlishi. Now, it's a, um, 
If I mess this up, if I said something backwards, he wants him. Right? He says specifically, "Im asitem asmecham b'chokachoma ba'alitem kulchem b'mei Ezra." If you'd all come forth in the time of Ezra, "Nimshaltem kekesef she'en rakav sholeipo," then you would be like silver, silver that cannot get rotten. As opposed to the comparison is taken to the Arze Levanon to cedar wood, which can get rotten. It can be it can rot, meaning and then and then there's a whole discussion. Well, what could rot cedar? It's so hard, it's such a hard wood, and there's a kind of worm that will eat away at the cedar. And so he's saying basically, I mean, I don't know, I don't wanna I don't wanna presuppose too much, but you know, in terms of a metaphorical uh, attempt here, it's clear that Rish Lakish and his hatred of the Babylonians is concerned, I think about the bigger picture, the bigger picture of Am Yisrael and where are they to be located, where are they to be, you know, settling and will they get a Bayat Shlishi? Well, we always see this when you look at Ezra Nehemiah. It's really striking how most of B'nai Yisrael did not come up. Like who was left of the Jewish people didn't come. Um, and I think there's always a big question about that. So we see that in the narrative of Ezra Nehemiah. And even when you read through Zechariah, Malachi, and Haggai, which are you know, the three books of Treyas are the last three, which talk about the Shiva Tzion. There's discussion in there where, you know, the VM say, like, don't be scared. You should go up. You should build a house. You know, and, you know, basically, like, it's time to move on. You're allowed to come back. Um, and it's clear that not everybody embraced that. Um, not going to make any inferences to maybe some modern times. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting to see. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, the Jews got permission to go back and everyone said, great, we're all going up. Clearly people stayed in bubble. And that's why a community there was always able to flourish. And, you know, just keep in mind, Rach Lakish is very much an Amor of Eretz Israel. He's Rabbi Yochanan Skabrusa. Again, we'll, we'll get to the famous Gemara where we'll talk much more about them, about how they meet and how Rach Lakish became who he is. Um, but, it, you know, always interesting also where we sort of see, you know, in the Talmud Bubbly, a little bit of a put down of Babylonian Jews. Except that Rabbi Yochanan answers him up. Rabbi Yochanan, at the very, very end of the daf, he takes Rish Lakish in hand, basically, and he says, no, meaning even if, he says, even if, uh, if everybody had made Aliyah, Silko, they'd gone up, if everybody had gone up in the time of Ezra, even so, the Shechina, God's divine presence, would not have taken its place in the Bayat Shani in the second temple that it had in the first temple because, and then he's got a proof text for it, right? From uh, Breshit, Yaft Elokim Yefet Vayishkun Ba'olei meaning this idea that there is going to be a, a plan of, of the generations and the beauty of the Batei Mikdash, whatever. The the idea that, that I mean, it ends up being a, a real debate over how much can human activity influence fate, providence, God's plan for humanity, for the Jewish people, right? Meaning, Rish Lakish said, if you'd only just made Aliyah, and Rabbi Yochanan says, no, nothing anybody could have done would have changed this course of events. Yeah, but it's, you know, I, I, I like here how Rabbi Yochanan, who we've seen before, remember that story when he got very upset that Talmudim? Um, and he didn't feel like calming down enough. Now he's the one trying to calm down Rish Lakish. Right, that's true. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. 
And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.